Chapter Four of Sister Simon's Murder Case by Margaret Ann Hubbard. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Maria Therese. Chapter Four. Lightly, Lizette touched the roses. The little woman must have lost her hat when she ran down the stairs. That was a logical explanation. But suddenly the girl wanted no more of the darkness. Clutching the hat, she whirled, even took a long stride back down the terrace and that was when her gaze fell full upon the plum-tree. It was a peculiar tree, less than waist-high, even in maturity. The branches spread like an umbrella and bowed to the ground with green fruit. Small boys of the neighborhood, playing cowboy and Indian, often used it as a wigwam. Its shelter now was no part of a game. From under the wide fan of a limb, a small foot protruded. A foot that she could see even in the poor light had on a worn black shoe. The stocking above the shoe would be wrinkled around the ankle. Lizette stared at the foot. It was almost as if she expected to see it there, and so she had no reaction at all. After a minute, she moved slowly across the grass, bent and touched the ankle. There was a spot right in front of the bone where you could feel for a pulse, if there was one. Her fingers explored. Then, still with that sensation of numbness, she rose walked to the steps and up, through the door and into the lobby. She knew exactly what to do in caring for the dead. Call the intern, get the clothing list, put the belongings together with the body on the stretcher, and cover it with a sheet. Only you did all that when the body lay decently in bed, not sprawl with a twisted foot under a plum tree. Someone was holding her by the shoulders, pressing her so hard against the archway that the ivy cracked behind her spine. Liz, what in the dickens hit you? Her vision cleared. It was Merle, the curly-headed night orderly, who was doing his best to ruin the ivy. You look like you've seen a ghost, kid. What's up? The numbness broke, and she sagged weakly down on the edge of the jardinere. Merle looked from her to the hat, then caught it up on one finger and twirled it. Hey, quite a chape. Stop that! Lizette clapped her hand over her mouth to keep back the scream. Merle, with a hat at a tipsy angle, stretched his neck in surprise. He looked very funny, like a cartoon she had seen of a rooster swallowing a string. Listen, Merle, she said quietly, there's a woman out on the lawn, dead. You'd better go quick before, before somebody. Before somebody what? Nobody could hurt the little woman any more. Evie was there by now, backed against the wall, trembling, her eyes wide as if the stiff lashes propped them open. Liz, our little lady? She isn't really... dead? Yes. Lizette stood up, not even swaying. Death is a natural thing, perfectly natural. Go on, Evie, call the intern, and Father Paul. The words didn't come out very well, but Merle went. Evie, too for in a moment the speaker high on the wall gave the small scratch of the switch being turned on, and Evie's voice came softly but urgently, Dr. Barney, Father Paul. Now all would be done that could be done for the little woman. Carefully, Lizette walked to the freight elevator, opened the grating, pushed it shut behind her, and pressed her thumb on the third-floor button. She felt competent, no faintness, no confusion. The second floor slid down from above and slipped away below. She stopped at exactly the right instant and pulled open the grating. And then, unaccountably, panic seized her. 
There was no reason for it by that time. The floor kitchen was black dark but quite familiar. The wide door to pediatrics, a dimly lighted oblong. Lizette ran toward it, heard the buzzer in the elevator, snappishly remind her that she had not closed the door, and stumbled as she turned back. The slam she gave the door was enough to shake the whole shaft. She didn't care. She couldn't hold back the storm inside her any longer. By the time she reached the station, she was crying in long sobs that sickened her and made a great deal of noise. Poppy, sitting pigeon-toed on a high stool, nearly fell headlong getting off. Sister Simon at the desk looked up. The pen fell from her grasp and made a big red blot on the white paper. "'It's your fault, sister, all your fault,' Lizette sobbed, and she would have gone on, except that her face was being pressed against Poppy's shoulder, and Poppy's arms were very tight around her. "'Let's not wake every kid in the county,' Poppy soothed, but there was alarm in her voice. "'What you been up to, anyhow?' "'Ask sister, she knows.' Lizette heard the scrape of the sister's chair being pushed back, then the rush of water at the sink. Shoving Poppy away, she confronted the nun. "'You couldn't let me go, could you, sister? Not even speak to her on the phone. And I was sitting there, right there, when Evie called. You wouldn't even tell me she was here.' The water overflowed the glass, running down into the sister's sleeve. She shut off the faucet and held out the glass to Lizette. The girl dumped it and slammed it upside down on the drainboard. "'Your rules are so important, aren't they? No visitors during duty. No leaving the floor except on necessary errands. Oh, we have the most law-abiding floor in the whole. "'Lizette!' Lizette whirled to Poppy. "'Since when is a rule more important than a woman's life?' "'What woman?' "'Aunt Danny,' she turned to the nun. "'How are you going to tell Diane?' Tell her what? That was the first thing the sister had said. That Aunt Danny is dead. Somebody killed her. Somebody killed her? How? Poppy gasped. Lizette's tumbling thoughts stopped short. Why had she said Aunt Danny was killed? I don't know, but you don't toss away your hat, your hat that you fixed all up the best you can, and then curl off under the plum tree and die. Not if you're scared to death of the dark in the first place. Is that what? What she... Yes, and if Sister had let me go, she might be alive right now. All right, Ducky, Poppy said in the tone she used for the children. Let's not split our seams. You'd better get some seconal for her, Lizette heard the nun say, and her voice was strangled, as if the coif had suddenly become too tight. Maybe she hasn't reported it, sister. When you find a body, you're supposed to. I did. I told Evie. Lizette managed to choke out. But not Diane. She's out on a date. Oh, lordy, Poppy breathed. Sister, we can't put this kid to sleep. The police will want to ask questions. They can question her tomorrow. Nothing will be changed by morning. You're so right, Lizette wanted to say. But what was the use? She had said a lot of things to the nun. Too many. But sisters were human. If they made human mistakes, why shouldn't they bear the consequences? Obediently, the girl swallowed the capsule Poppy offered her. It was disgraceful, really, to go to pieces like this. How dependable would she be as a nurse if she became hysterical every time a patient died? But this was not just a patient. 
it was a poor creature she might have helped except for sister simon's stubborn regard for the rules come on now dearie poppy said off to bed with you you'll be alone on the floor poppy in a manner of speaking yes but jenny is here remember lizette knew sister simon watched them leave and it seemed to her that she was still watching as they proceeded down in the elevator through the basement across the alley and into the nurse's home by that time the second all was beginning to take effect she was not going to dream of sister simon nor of aunt danny either dying was as natural as being born ted said so only there was nothing natural about the foot sticking out from under the plum tree the last thing she felt was her head falling against the pillow and someone lifting her feet up onto the bed poppy remained with lizette until she was certain the girl was asleep the kid had had a terrific shock and somehow she had tied it all up with sister simon a pretty unstable reaction but then it wasn't every day you'd run into murder murder poppy quavered aloud why had she put it that way when she'd have to scoot back across the dark alley alone she peered out of the window the moon had set the hospital grounds were as black as the inside of jonah's whale she would run fast and nobody would have a chance to grab her lizette was breathing deeply sound asleep go on now before she lost her nerve poppy slipped through the hall and in fear and trembling let herself out into the alley she looked up and down once your eyes were used to the darkness it wasn't so bad she could see the ladders stacked where the window washers had left them the garbage cans over by the basement door the whole bulk of the hospital stood between her and the front lawn from the third floor windows of course she could see perfectly well but it wouldn't be the intimate view she would have from the ground go around the building and there she'd be screened by the lilacs in a dandy position to see for herself what was going on around the plum tree it was even better than poppy had expected she could look out unseen right onto the terrace there were men half a dozen of them and they were flashing lights all over a photographer's bulb whitened the little tree for a split second enough for poppy to determine that no one now lay on the grass they must have carried the woman into the hospital morgue they kept their voices disgustingly low all she could make out with any degree of certainty was that they were searching for a weapon and not finding one Quietly, Poppy backed out of the lilacs and groped again toward the alley. If they were hunting a weapon, then Liz was right. The woman had been killed, murdered, and she was Diane's aunt. Poppy dredged up all the memories she had of the student nurse's relatives. They were sparse, mere greetings at Christmas parties. She should circulate more. Then when something interesting like this came up, she'd know. A loud, resounding clang echoed through the alley. Poppy shrank against the old bricks. She thought she screamed. In a single, wild second, she saw herself flat on the pavement in a pool of blood with a monster leering over her. And then a cat yowled. The garbage cans, of course. She was surprised the scavenger at its nightly prowling. But she sprang for the door, yanked it open, and shot inside. That was the worst of murder. It wasn't inflicted upon the victim alone, but upon every mortal and thing around it. Every small sound became the possible warning of danger. The cops hadn't found the weapon. Maybe the guy was stalking around in the dark, making ready to use it again. Lordy, lordy, don't let him be in the elevator, Poppy prayed frantically. He was not. 
the grating stood open upon a lighted cage but next to the elevator was a small door lower than most with a pane of glass so thickly frosted that even when the room was lighted no one would see in behind the window was a glow of light only members of the staff were permitted in the morgue but anyone else could go in if they felt like it simply by opening the door tiptoeing poppy approached the door she touched the knob in the same instant a man's shadow fell black and giant against the frosted glass poppy had not been awed by the morgue since her student days when she had stepped into the disinfected little place with such misgivings that she usually forgot to duck her head and whacked it against the low lintel the sight of the man's shadow hit her with the old impact of the lintel she turned and ran slamming the elevator door poppy flattened her thumb on the button everywhere in the dark room and corners and especially down below in the shaft where the dark mounted into a skyscraper as the elevator rose there the murderer lingered and every small creak of the cables was the same bugaboo that had cried with the cat lord just let me make the third floor poppy prayed and i'll camp there the rest of my life she put her hand to her tasseled hair somewhere down in the dark she had lost her cap the lilac branches had streaked the whole side of her uniform she would indeed be a lovely sight for sister simon the immaculate but she had one point decidedly in her favor she was alive End of chapter 4